Tools for Living, Room to Grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 103. Well, I don't know about you, but January usually involves some kind of diet, if I'm honest. After enjoying the holidays a little too much, I need to tighten the belt when it comes to my eating, or to be more accurate, do something about my eating so I can tighten my belt. But you guys, overeating, though it's been a lifelong battle that I've experienced some victory in, it still tends to creep into other months, especially when I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed. And that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode with author Barb Raveling, how to say goodbye to emotional eating when it comes knocking at our door. Barb Raveling, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Finally, welcome to the living room. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Joanna. It's so fun to be here because Joanna and I are also friends in our little town where we live in, in Montana. Except, except you are on the other side of the country right now. I am looking (laughs) at you through a video screen rather than across the couch. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about, you guys have been kind of in this transitional time and so you're traveling part of the year. Tell, Tell us what's going on. Well, after living 30 years in our little small town in Montana, we decided to start a new way of life this year. And so uh, my husband is a travel physical therapist. So every three months, we moved to a new town. So we lived in Santa Fe for three months, in Maine, and now in New Hampshire. And then we'll be coming back to Montana for the holidays. So it's an interesting new way of life. I love it. I love it. There's so many opportunities to um, explore and do things differently than we used to do them. You know, you have an incredible ministry. I had no idea really the scope of it when I first met you. But God, you've been online and ministering to women, especially in the area of of weight management, healthy diet, but renewing our minds in Christ. And I love how it's all come together in your new book, Say Goodbye to the Bondage of Emotional Eating for Good. Like, okay, that's a pretty big promise there, Miss Barb. <laughs> Tell us about that and why you why why you really have that confidence that 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 bondage of emotional eating can be broken. Well, I have the confidence it can be broken. Um, or at least brought down to a manageable level because God has done that in my life. Um, Eating was the thing I thought I would never get over with. I I struggled with it for 30 years, emotional eating, and I would always be like, you know, gain 25 pounds, lose 25 pounds. I had this little magic number in my mind to where if I got up to that number, um, I started feeling like, oh, I need to try and lose weight. And I'd try and lose weight maybe, you know, 20, 30 times, maybe the 30th time I could actually make myself follow the diet, lose it all, gain it all back. So anyway, this went on forever. And then God taught me the discipline of the renewing of the mind. And he used it to help me in other areas of my life first. Otherwise, I never would have had the confidence to apply it to food and think it would work. Um, but he, it's true. That, I mean, the Bible works and we really are transformed by the renewing of the mind. It works for anything we want to change, including emotional eating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've come to realize that that 
has been kind of a struggle in my life. Like I can do good for a while, but then, you know, go on vacation or get in a stressful situation or it's Thanksgiving or it's Christmas and all of a sudden my willpower is out the door and all of a sudden it doesn't matter that I have had some boundaries. I I just give in to the emotional eating. So I'm really excited about this because I've been asking the Lord to help me. You know, I I figured out how to lose weight, but how to keep it (laughs) off. And find that beautiful middle ground where it's not all or nothing in the way I eat and the way I live. Right. So we're going to dive into the renewing the mind because I think we talk about that a lot as Christians, but how do we actually do it? But can you just, um, you know, I, I love how you've got this book structured because you've broken it into some sections and then 100 helps. Can you just talk about the format of the book and how it's very interactive? I'd love to have you share it with my listeners. Sure. I I start out just by setting the foundation and, um, you know, talk about the renewing the mind a little bit. And then I share some of my renewing the mind tools that I use a lot and kind of give the nuts and bolts of how to renew your mind. And then what I want to do is make it as easy as possible for people to renew their mind, because anytime somebody starts to renew their mind, it's a spiritual battle. Mm. You know, Satan doesn't want us to renew our minds. He doesn't want us to break free from things. So not only do we have it as a spiritual battle, but it's also kind of a battle of the flesh because we think, oh, that's so hard. I shouldn't have to work that hard, right? So in this book, I just put out 100 renewing exercises you can write in the book. So it's really easy to um, use the book to renew your mind. And I, I have it broke into, broken into five sections. The first section of the renewing exercises is I'm afraid to start. Second one is I don't feel like following my boundaries. So that's when we just... We just don't feel like it. We might have lemon bars sitting on the counter. We think we're at the bakery, want to have something good. Third section is I need chocolate. So that's when we go looking for food. It's like we're craving it and we're usually craving it because something happened in our lives to make us upset. We might not even realize something happened to make us upset. All of a sudden we're craving. And then section four is I have to be skinny. And a lot of times it's so funny because when we feel like we have to be skinny, that makes us overeat. Back in the old days when I was struggling with this, I would have some event coming up and I think, oh no, I have to lose weight for that event. But since I was an emotional eater, all that nervousness and stress, stress it would make me overeat. So I'd end up heavier for the event, not skinnier. And then the last section is I'll never lose this weight because anybody that sets out to try and do this, you know, we're always thinking I'll never get over this. Mm-hmm. Or people tell me all the time, I can't believe I'm at the age I've, I am. I've been a Christian for this long. I should be over this by now. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, it's not surprising we're not over it because, you know, if we love to eat, if we eat for emotional reasons, it's not a goal. We can just check off our list and say, this is done. This right. is a hard battle. Everybody struggles with something. This is what we struggle with. Yeah, exactly. So when you talk about an emotional eating, can you kind of unpack that? Because I think I think some of us maybe don't quite understand what you mean by that term. Well, emotional eating, I, I call it eating according to our feelings and emotions rather than our will. So mm-hmm. instead of our will saying, oh, determining this is what we're going to eat, this is when we're going to eat, we eat whenever we feel like it. So we might eat when we're upset, when we're worried, when we're stressed, or maybe when we're happy, when we're celebrating. And not everybody is an emotional eater. Some people are 
like, oh, I only eat when I'm hungry. It, it wouldn't even, I mean, it doesn't even cross their mind to eat when they're not hungry. In fact, they're opposed to it. It's like, I might say, why not just have breakfast now? I'm not hungry. So that's foreign to me, but um, some people me are too. like that, or they only eat at meals, but so they went emotionally eat. But when we're emotionally eating, we're just eating whenever we want to, whenever we feel like it, it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with hunger or mealtime. Yeah. Is it kind of like that escape escapism? You know, some people might choose, you know, uh, movies or books or, or online shopping, but it's just, is it kind of this thing that gives us a sense of satisfaction that, that for at least for a moment makes us feel better about our situation or, or ourselves? Yeah, I think it's totally escapism. Yeah, I used to have, I don't know if you've ever had a Bean Chino, Joanna, down at the coffee shop in Hamilton. And whenever I used to have those Bean Chinos, I'd always have them when I was doing the taxes way back in our you know, younger married days. And I said, it made me happy and energetic. <laughs> but I was eating those, going to get those because I was stressed out. So yeah. yeah, it was escapism. You get a little opportunity to escape the world, have something fun. Right, right. And I deserve it. You know, that's I, I right. That one of the things that never really worked for me back in, because I was 50 pounds heavier than I am today. And oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah. And I honestly thought losing weight would be as miraculous as growing another arm. That <laughs> really was, I, I just felt so helpless. And I remember making promises to the Lord that this week's going to be different. You know, I'm, I'm going to be disciplined in what I eat. And I dropped the kids off to school and I couldn't get past Hardee's and all you can eat biscuits and gravy, you know? <laughs> and, and so I, I, there was just this constant guilt and shame, which of course just made me want to eat more. And I just was in that cycle that was so hard to break out of. And I, I just remembered, I just remember praying, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Because, I, you know, I've never been one of those girls, you know, how some people are like, well, you just do it. I just made up <laughs> my mind and I did it. That never worked for me. And so I'm really excited for you to share with us this whole process of renewing our minds and how it can change things for us. So where do we start? Well, I would start, well, first by, by setting some boundaries. So like back in the old days, I only had boundaries when I was on a diet. So once I was off the diet, it's like, I can eat whatever I want. And because of that, if I lost weight in the diet, I'd slowly start to gain it back. So I had no boundaries. So the first thing you do is need to set some sort of boundaries. My boundaries right now are three meals a day and one snack. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel like breaking your boundaries, you would renew your mind. Mm -hmm. So what that means is you're taking off the lies that make you want to eat too much. And you're putting on the truth that changes your desires and makes you want to eat a healthy amount. And we're taking off the culture, what we learned in the culture, we're putting on, you know, what we see through a scriptural lens, what the Bible says. And we're also taking off what we learned growing up and putting on what we learned in the Bible. So it's actually a mind shift. And what happens is that truth actually changes our desires. It changes both our desires and our negative emotions. So with emotional eating, you can approach it two ways. You can either work on letting go of the negative emotions that are making you eat. So like if you get rid of the stress, all of a sudden you're not going to feel like emotionally eating. Or you can work on 
uh, not eating, even though you're feeling emotional. So both, both of those avenues are good ways to work on it. That's so good. I want to just let everyone who's listening know that this is not um, just a new idea that you have come up with. You've been doing this ministry for many years. Uh, you have a podcast on it. You have you have some um, self-published books that are powerful. And you've seen this method change people's lives. Can you talk a little bit to just about some of the life change that you've seen in people? Sure. I, I started writing way back in uh, probably about 2007. At least I published my first book in 2008. I probably started in 2006. And that's called Freedom from Emotional Eating. And that book, I'm teaching people how to let go of their negative emotions. So each there's a chapter on anger, there's a chapter on worry, one on stress. And from that time on, 2008, then I made an app, a little Renewing the Mind app a few years later, and a couple more Bible studies and have coached women, done some online classes. So yeah, what people see when they start renewing their minds regularly, they all of a sudden can start following their boundaries. So anytime anybody writes to me, if they, (laughs) they'll either say, oh, I'm not doing very well. And I say, have you been renewing your mind? And they'll say, no, (laughs) no, I haven't. Or they'll say, I'm doing so great. And, And then they'll tell me, oh, I've been renewing my mind two or three times a day. So what I notice is, you know, it's not anything I do. It's what they do with God throughout the day, because God's the one that transforms us. So you have to be with them during the day. In fact, think of it this way. Um, I just had it was talking with a coaching client today, where if you're going to go fight a battle, you know, what if you said, you know, we're only going to fight in the morning. We don't really want to <laughs> do everything the rest of the day. So we're just going to go. We're going to have our little one hour battle in the morning. And then the rest of the day, we're just going to kind of sit back and not do anything. And what if the other army, the other side keeps fighting throughout the day? Well, we're going to lose, right? Mm-hmm. So renewing your mind, it's not just having a quiet time in the morning. It's uh, fighting throughout the day, renewing as we need it, renewing when we feel like breaking our boundaries. It's not something you're going to have to do for your whole life. I did it very intensively back when I was working on it, breaking free, but I've been free, living free for about 15 years now. That doesn't mean I never struggle. Doesn't mean I never break my boundaries or feel like emotional eating, Uh, but I'm living in victory. I'm not, I haven't gained any weight since 15 years ago when I broke free. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. Well, I I want to drill down, but I just also want to let everybody know that this book has been tested and tried in the fire. And I'm imagining you brought all these years of experience and the things that you've really seen be powerful and you've put it in this book. So you really want to go and pick it up. So again, the title is Say Goodbye to Emotional Eating 100 Renewing Exercises to Help You Break Free from the Control of Food. And I want to drill down on the renewing the mind because if if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, we know we're supposed to renew our mind (laughs) and we know it has to do with the Word of God. But how do we do it in a practical way? Can you just kind of give us a, a glimpse of what it looks like on a practical level? Okay, well, there's lots of different ways to renew your mind. I have lots of tools at my website at barbaraveling.com. I mean, a lot of times what people think of when they say renew their mind, they think just like a general quiet time, like I read a devotion or I had a quiet time. Uh, that can be a renewing of the mind experience. But in order for it to be renewing the mind, our mind has to be engaged and it has to change. We have to be different afterwards than we were before. And now anything we read in our quiet times, I mean, the Bible, it, it can renew our minds and change us. But if we're working on 
some area of our life, like if we're working on letting go of anger or worry, or if we're working on breaking a habit or letting go of negative emotion, we need to do specific warfare in that area of life. So when I'm talking about renewing my mind to break free from emotional eating, I'm talking about attacking the exact lies that make us eat. So lies like, it's just one bite, or this first one was so good, I, I should have another, or I deserve a little treat, my life is so hard, or um, I mean, there's so many different ones that we use, and, and all these ones drive us to eat more than is good for us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you, when we got on the, on the call, you and I were laughing because you said you were, you had just this intense craving for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So how, so like, give us, walk us through, we're new to renewing our mind. We we're going into something that, you know, we're excited to be on a podcast, but we're a little bit nervous. How, how could we apply scripture? How could we renew our mind at that moment? Okay. Well, yeah, I actually was craving Ben and Jerry's right before this interview. And the funny thing is I live a three minute walk from a grocery store with lots of Ben and Jerry's and I don't have a car. So that would be one fun little exciting thing I could do living in this house. And I haven't had a carton of Ben and Jerry's myself for probably 20 years until the last three weeks, or maybe the last month or so. I have eaten, I think, one or two cartons of Ben and Jerry's and one of Haagen-Dazs. So like those little two two to three serving cartons. And here I am publishing a book, Say Goodbye to Emotional Eating (laughs) and Emotional Eating. But um, because I don't have that all or nothing thinking, it doesn't lead Mm. to a binge. In fact, I'll have a carton of that and I probably won't even eat, uh, you know, that many more. I mean, I don't count calories, but if I were to count, it wouldn't be that much more than regular life. So I'm not gaining weight. But of course, it's still not a good habit to start with. So what I did this afternoon, because I really was craving it, because I already had a couple of things going on this morning. It's four o'clock, usually four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm tired and yeah, I'm ready to unwind. I, I was looking forward to seeing Joanna and visiting with her because I love talking to her, but you know, it's still an interview, another interview to do. So I, I was craving the ice cream. And what I did is I took my book out and I did one of the hundred renewing exercises. So at the beginning of the interview, I talked about the four, the five sections Well, I turned to the section that I was having problems with, I need chocolate. So this was emotional eating, would have been emotional eating late in the afternoon. And then there's a whole bunch of exercises in that section. So I have one exercise is I deserve this treat. One is eating to relax. One's I need a little excitement in my life. One is my life is a wreck. So anyway, you can go through, you can find one of those that fits with what was happening. So let's just say I did, I deserve this treat. I can't really remember which one I did. But in this renewing exercise, I have five beliefs that people are supposed to write the truth for. In other renewing exercises, I have scripture meditations. I have renewing questions. uh, I have little charts. I have lots of different renewing exercises. So the beliefs I wrote down, the beliefs that are in the book are, number one, I'll just have this one little out of the boundary treat. Or in my case, I'll just have this one little carton of Ben and Jerry's. Two, I don't care if I'm breaking my boundaries. That's often what we think, right? Three, life is so bad, I deserve it. Four, this will make me feel better. Five, it's one little fun thing I can do in a life of parable. So those are things we subconsciously believe. And I wasn't really, I wasn't like that this afternoon. I was more like, you know, just kind of feeling like I'd like to relax. 
because really I'm a um, more of a non-worker at heart. <laughs> so I was, you know, ready to relax. And so I can just tell you what I wrote down here for um, one of these, just from a, another time. It wasn't from today, but another situation. This is what I wrote for, I'll just have this one little out of the boundary treat. While it's true that one handful of grapes probably won't lead to more boundary breaks today, it still sets a precedent for a lifestyle boundary breaks. It's easy for me to just start breaking boundaries in a little way every day. Before I know it, I'm consistently turning to food for emotional reasons. I want a lifestyle where I don't even think about food unless it's time to eat. I can't get that lifestyle unless I actually stick to my boundaries. Yeah. So I love this whole idea of like just even pausing. Sometimes I think that little pause can be the most powerful thing of all rather than going to that food. Like we actually stop and think about what we're doing and actually unpack some of the ideas. So I love all these practical act exercises you have. So along with renewing our mind, are there some other tools that we can bring to this table of, you know, of this exercise of breaking emotional eating? Yes, I think practical tools are also helpful. Um, So I I really love that question because I think we work on it on a spiritual angle, that's renewing the mind, but we also work on it practically. So practically speaking, you know, we could do things like not having food in the house. Now, if I started struggling with wanting Ben and Jerry's every day, I could have my husband take my billfold to work. (laughs) <laughs> and so that I wouldn't be able to buy Ben and Jerry's, right? So that that's pretty a pretty hardcore practical thing I could do. But that's what I would do if I was really enslaved by it, if it was a constant temptation. I will have my husband hide if I buy chocolate peanut butter granola, I have my husband hide it and he takes it out whenever I want a little bowl. And not only that, as soon as I pour my bowl, he goes back and puts it in hiding again. Otherwise I'll have a second bowl while it's still out. So these are just little practical things you can take. And also with emotions, you know, if you renew early in the day, it really, you know, it helps. It's pretty easy to get over it. But if you're having one of those days where you're kind of an emotional wreck, it's mm. like our mind almost shuts down. So it's hard to renew our mind and come to peace. So on those days, you know, try and get out of your head, get out of the house, maybe turn on some music and dance, call a friend, do something with a friend, something just to, to break it up. And yeah. that's what might be helpful in days like that. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, you know, one of the things that you write about is replacing lies with truth. And, you know, I think that that's one of the things that was so hard for me to break free of emotional eating was my struggle had almost become my identity. And and because I'd failed so often, I I. I really, truly thought it would be miraculous. I I love that your method brings God into the equation because I really believe it was his mercy that he led me to some keys, some personal keys. And I kind of wonder sometimes, you know, um, you, you talk about the controversy about diets, you know, everybody has a different opinion about whether you should diet or not. And, and even the fact that you're like, you know what, my boundaries mean so much to me. I have my husband hide the granola. Some people might think that's just too hardcore, but I can say from personal experience, being bound to food was way more life controlling than putting some boundaries on my eating. I I remember, I remember thinking, yeah, I don't do the gym. I'm not one of those women who are just, you know, worshiping their body. (laughs) (laughs) The reality was I just didn't want to work very hard. I, I wanted it to come easy. But then I realized one day, you know, I can hardly bend over to tie my shoes without being breathless. 
and I can't even scratch my own back in the place that it itches because my weight had become a controlling issue in my life. But um, I I remember God leading me specifically to a diet um, that that actually helped me succeed. And I wonder sometimes if part of it isn't just we give up maybe too soon. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about diets and their place in this whole process, but also the dangers that they can be? Sure. The the interesting thing is I I didn't know there was such a controversy about dieting until I'd already written my first book. And the the controversy with dieting is some people think that diets will control you. People start to obsess about it, that diets is the whole reason that our culture is all about skinny. But what I found is most books are written by type A people. Okay, this is just my opinion. Okay, this is not gospel. But I think most books are written by type A people because they're the ones who can get it together and write them, right? Yeah. They, they have the, the get up and go and the discipline. I am not a type A. The only reason I've written books is because God has helped me change and give me discipline that I didn't actually have to write them. Mm-hmm. A person like me, I needed a diet to lose my weight. Uh, I, I used Weight Watchers. I didn't obsess about it. I didn't obsess over counting calories. Didn't make me think about food all the time. And, and I've kept my weight off through the, re, you know, because I renewed my mind, not because I went on the diet. But some of the intuitive eating coaches I talked to, they say, you know, a lot of their people are type A people and they're so used to just following a plan. They can actually say, I'm going to do this today and actually do it, which I can't, I can't usually do, right? I'm with and you. So, <laughs> so they, they need to start learning how to listen to their bodies. So I don't know if that really ties into the discussion, but I guess what I would say is different people are different. Uh, When God took away all the rules in the Bible, you know, in in the New Testament, uh, he didn't put any new new rules in place. So because of that, we can't say any rules or any plan is more spiritual than another. Uh, He gave us freedom to decide how we want to eat, if we want to lose weight you know, how we want to go about it. So I, I think we have the freedom to do whatever works best for us. And it's going to be different for different people. And I actually, I think I put in the book, like four, four reasons people say, uh, you know, four things they say about diets. And then I go through each one and talk about, you know, is this really true? I kind of like renew, renew the mind for different diet things in the book. Yeah, I think that's so good. That is so good. For me, you know, th- Paul, I actually mentioned this in another podcast, but Paul writes about everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial. Everything's permissible, but I will not be mastered by anything. And one of the things that the Lord showed me was there were certain foods that actually just spurred on my cravings that would Mm. like be my slippery slope. And so I've had to be willing, kind of like you have, to like be put some boundaries on what I can and cannot eat. And it's, you know, it could look restrictive to someone else, but in those boundaries, I've, I've found a lot of freedom. And I wonder sometimes if we could get past, like you say, that idea of, okay, I'll lose weight and then I can just go back to the way it was. (laughs) I wish that worked. I wish that worked. But, but in some ways that discipline, that discipline in eating has, like you said, brought some discipline to other areas of my life as I've let God restrict me, it's actually brought freedom. And so I don't know who's listening out there today. 
I do know how hopeless and helpless you can feel, but I really do believe that God has the answer for each and every one of us. And as we go to him and ask for wisdom, he gives it. And I I really do think this book could be a really good place to start. Uh, you, one of the questions that um, you ask is how our relationship with food can impact our relationship with Christ. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, back in the old days, I always used to turn to food to solve all my problems. So I wasn't mm-hmm. going to God for help. And because of that, I wasn't maturing because I was just kind of going to food for the easy fix. And when I started, I started renewing my mind about five years before I broke free from emotional eating. I was super close to God during that time. So I was an emotional eater. I was struggling with the idol of sweets, probably. I didn't realize it, but I was. And I was still really close to God. So I'm not saying you can't be an emotional eater and be close to God. But I think what I miss out on when I emotionally eat, and that's probably the biggest reason I want to keep following my boundaries is I miss out on going to him and maturing in whatever area I need to mature. So like my biggest problem area right now is still writing. It has been for years. Um, I struggle with you know, procrastination and fear and all that kind of stuff. But whenever I feel fearful or like I dread work or I think, oh, it's too hard, I can't do it. When I renew my mind and correct those lies, I feel close to God and I'm depending mm-hmm. on him. But if I were to just turn to food, which I almost, you know, I almost never do that, I'll turn to wasting time on the internet, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. I get nothing out of it. I, it's not restful. It's not rejuvenation. Yeah. And I'm not growing and maturing. I'm not seeing the lies I'm believing that are making me stressed out or dread work or think it's too hard and I can't do it. So God, he, you know, he wants to change us. He wants to help us grow. Um, it's a time of intimacy with him. It really yeah. can be. The renewing mind probably brought me closer to him than any other discipline than Bible reading. And in the beginning, when I first started, I was bored with the Bible. I wasn't having regular quiet times. I didn't have the discipline for it or the desire. So I just started renewing and that's what started drawing me closer to God. Awesome. I'm going to make you drill down on that. What did that look like? We need some specifics. (laughs) Okay. Well, for me, when I first started renewing my mind, I started doing what I call truth journaling. I talk about that in the book. I have a whole chapter on it. So it was, uh, I was working on a, a marriage project. So I was going through a stage of my marriage where I was super annoyed with my husband. And we were in a Bible study with another couple. And we said, let's work on something in our marriage. And so I chose to work on my critical spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, every time I have a negative thought towards my husband, I'm going to write a positive thought next to it. So I bought a little journal and I started doing it. It wasn't long before I realized a lot of those negative thoughts were lies. And I replaced the lies with truth. Mm-hmm. And I call it truth journaling. So for two months, every time I was annoyed with them, I would you know, write down the lies, write down what I was believing. And I'd number them. So like, say I'd write, um, he's such a jerk. I can't believe he did that. He's so terrible. <laughs> and these are things like, you know, maybe not communicating that well. He wasn't doing anything super terrible, right? Okay, right. so then then I looked at each sentence one at a time. Is it true that he's a jerk? No, he, he's a, a child of God with strengths and weaknesses yeah. and his weaknesses spill out and hurt me. Okay, mm-hmm. so I so I write, all the, write the truth down. I couldn't believe how much it changed me. In two months, I, I had let go of that anger. I wasn't so mad mm-hmm. at him anymore. And now it's been, you know, we've been married almost 40 years. We have a really great relationship. I thoroughly enjoy him. But I did other renewing techniques back then too. I did option charts, which are in my book. Talk about that. What's that? The option charts, 
they're not like when you think of option charts, you think, oh, I'll just list all my options of what I could do in this situation. It's not like that. An option chart is where you list what you all are already doing. So say if I made an option chart for my marriage, I could, uh, the first option I put would be, have Scott change cheerfully and right away. <laughs> okay, that's not an option, right? Because we, we can't control other people. So I cross that out, I put not an option to drill it in my head, I can't change him. Okay, then I put, uh, give him the silent treatment. Um, keep trying to change him every day. <laughs> um, you know, give little, say little remarks or, you know, so all these things that I might do or just sit and think bad thoughts about him. And then how is that going to affect my relationship with God? How is it going to affect my peace and Mm -hmm. joy? And how is it going to affect my marriage? And so what I realized that all those middle options that I was doing, they had all little down arrows. So I make a little chart. They have all little down arrows. They're not helping my marriage. And the dying to self option, which means love, accept, and forgive, that Mm -hmm. has the best chance of changing my marriage. It gives me peace and joy. Because if you look at somebody else's actions, you know, just for normal actions, we're not talking abuse. You know, if they say something that takes about one minute, right? Okay, but we can think about whatever they say for three days, right? So I could say what percentage of our annoyance is the other person's fault and what percentage is my Mm -hmm. fault. So it might be 5% the other person, 95% me because I have the power to change my attitude. I can change myself. I can't change the other person. Oh my goodness. That's so good. I love that. So practical. Any other, any other exercises that you did? Uh, at the beginning, at the beginning, I always truth journaled and I did option charts. That's all I did when I first started this like 20 years ago. Then, uh, I started, I, I started teaching classes locally and I realized that, well, I don't know. I realized that it, this didn't really work for insecurity because in insecurity, mm-hmm. if you're going to truth journal, you'll say things like, she thinks I'm blah, blah. You know, and we don't know what she thinks. We can't write the truth for it. So I started making questions. And then I realized, oh, I can make questions for all these other emotions. And then I could also make questions for eating. And so I developed all these renewing questions. And my book, Renewing the Mind Project, has questions for habits and emotions and, you know, starting a habit, stopping a habit. I actually wrote those questions to get myself to write. <laughs> I used that book to get myself to write. And then uh, my I Deserve It Donut app, that's more related to food. So those are... There's lots of different ways that I've kind of tools I've come up with to renew, renew my mind for my own life. And then also they help other people. I love that. And I love that this comes from a fellow struggler and, and even someone who isn't type A and driven and I've got all the answers, but you're, you're willing to live in the middle of it. We, I think we maybe are twins separated at birth. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that you describe, I have struggled with. And yet it's so true. Um, as we bring our struggle to the Lord, the Holy Spirit is so more than willing to help us, but we've got to stop long enough to bring him into the equation and, and, you know, even be honest about where we're at. So I love how interactive this is, how this really does get you, give you a chance and a place to really get in touch with what's going on behind the surface. Because, because otherwise we just keep numbing out with food, numbing out with frustration, escapism, and we never really move forward in our lives. I really appreciate everything that you've done. Where can they find more about you and all the different tools that you have available? Oh, you can go to barbraveling.com and I have, you'll find my podcast there, Christian Habits Podcast, Taste for Truth Podcast. I have a bunch of renewing tools there, a bunch of Bible studies that you guys can, uh, you know, you can print off for free from my website. And then, then I have a, 
you know, I have a, I have a Bible study on procrastination and some other Bible studies and things too as well. Uh, well, I am so glad that you pushed through the resistance, that you were willing to not just, you know, take the easy route, which is no route at all. It just keeps us circling the same stuff <laughs> over and over again, but that you've allowed the Lord to just kind of lead you and that you've shared your journey. Would you pray over the listeners out there that are just honestly feeling stuck and a little bit hopeless? Uh, you know, maybe it's eating, maybe it's marriage, maybe maybe it's that escapism and addiction to just numbing out. Would you pray over us? Sure. Father, I pray for all those who are listening today. I pray that you would help them to feel close to you and, and feel like there is hope, Lord, because I know what it's like to feel like uh, I'll never change and to wake up the next morning, remember what I did the, the day before and just, just feel terrible about it. Um, I pray that you would fill them with hope and that you would help them to develop a renewing the mind habit I know it can be hard to, you know, look at ourselves and, and see what we're thinking, but I'm so thankful that you have used this method to help us change. And I'm thankful that, that you can change us even if we've been stuck in habits for, you know, 20 or 30 years. I'm thankful for your Holy Spirit and thank you for all you can do in our lives. And I pray that you would do that for whoever is listening and, and needs help today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged by our conversation today. I really appreciate Barb's honesty and that she's a fellow struggler. She's not one of those skinny minis who never struggled a day in her life. Instead, as she's given God access to those places in her life, He's taught her how to renew her mind. And I believe that He wants to do the same for you and me. You can learn more about Barb and how to say goodbye to emotional eating and all those other things that tend to try to control our lives over at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 103. I really believe that God wants to give each one of us a greater victory in 2023 than we've ever known before. And it really does begin with renewing our mind by the washing of the Word. And to help you do that, I'd like to invite you to Word of God Speak 2023. It's my Facebook Bible reading challenge that I host on my author page at Facebook. We're reading just one chapter a day and learning how to meditate on the truths of God's Word so that it reshapes our soul. You can get a free Bible reading journal by signing up at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash WGS 2023. As we allow God to rewire our minds and reshape our appetites, well, you guys, something beautiful is going to happen. We're going to find ourselves living and loving and leading like Him. See you next time.